Amen. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. I really have felt very impressed to speak on this this morning. And um, I was going to go in a different direction. I felt like the Lord um, told me to start in a series about the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to, this will be the first lesson uh, of probably many talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about Jesus being the vine today. And you know, you're as a speaker, I'm always, Lord, did I hear you right and stuff like that. And Rick comes up to me last night and says something sort of off the wall. But he concluded it by saying, remember, Jesus is the vine. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. He had no clue what I was planning on preaching on. But he confirmed to me, you're on the right path. This is exactly what I want you to speak on. So in John chapter 15, let's read the first eight verses. This is in red in my Bible. And so it's Jesus' words. He said, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Some versions say it's the gardener. Every branch is in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they'll gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. I love that. You know, so many people think that God is doing you a favor when he answers your request, your prayer. Or that you are pushing God to do something he doesn't want to do. It's absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. Did you, did you get that last line? God is glorified when you get answered prayer. When he, when he answers your prayer, it glorifies the Father. That you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. Father God, I just come before you today and I'm so thankful for your word. It's rich to our soul, God. I pray, Lord, today that the Holy Spirit has the freedom to move and to touch hearts and speak. Lord, take Take this word that I will share and divide it, God, so that it rests upon every heart and brings to them the nourishment and the life that they need at this particular moment. God, I pray, Lord, that you would reach through, Lord, the Facebook today and speak to the people that are be watching us. And God, speak to their hearts also and feed them today, Lord, by your word. Father, we have many people in the hospital today, Lord. Many are are sick, and God, we lift them before you, Lord, for Deb Jasper's mom and Arthur, God, for Ron, Lord, for many, many others, Lord, that are, are battling sickness. We speak the word of life, God. We speak that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals us. We line our thoughts up with the word, and we believe your word, God. So, Lord, we pray right now. Lord, you said you sent your word and you healed them. We speak your word and we expect healing to go forth, to flow forth, Father, right now, Lord, to a variety of places, Lord. Touch each and every heart, Lord. Be with Glenn today, Lord, at Cane Creek, God. Lord, just minister healing and life in the name of Jesus, we all believe. 
Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, for you are my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm feeling a little time pressure. And so let me just make a quick announcement. You are not going to get out at 1130 today. And so uh, we, I will do my best, but I want the Holy Spirit to minister to you. And I want you to be able to make a quality decision at the end of this. Okay. So let's start off by saying this. In John chapter 15, it's incredibly important when you read the Word of God that you know the audience. Who is He speaking to? This actually starts back in John chapter 14, where He gathers His disciples around them, and He begins to tell them of the transition that's getting ready to happen. In other words, folks, I'm getting ready to go to heaven, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back to you. So you need to know that he's, he's speaking specifically to his apostles, to his disciples. However, later on, I believe it's in John 16, he turns it and he begins to pray. If you don't think Jesus prays for you, you've not read your Bible. Jesus prays for us, I believe it's in John 16, where he prays for those that are to come. That's us. 2,000 years later, we come along. So Jesus is speaking to us. Now get this, and I'm going to say it two or three times today. This is not a salvation message. This is not talking about you getting saved. It's talking about after you. He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to people that are saved. And he's giving them a very specific word. Abide in the vine. Okay, so that that's whew, that's critical because we got a lot of people who think all you got to do is pray this prayer one time in your life and then live your life, do your own thing, and you're going to wind up in heaven. You're going to wind up in hell. That's as straightforward as I can get it. You heard it here, folks. Okay. <laughs> so he starts off by saying, "I am the vine." Why is that important? Because seven places in the book of John, John records the seven I am's. He says, I am the bread. This is Jesus making these declarations. These declarations are incredibly important. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. I am the resurrection and the life. I am, chapter 14, I am the way. The truth and the life. He told that to Thomas. Thomas says, I don't understand where you're going. And he says, come on, Thomas, get with it. Kelleher rendition. I am the way, right? He's saying, Thomas, I'm the way. And then chapter 15 is the last of the I am's. And he says, I am the vine. My father is the gardener. Why is that important? Listen to me closely. All the nutrition that you need to grow as a disciple... It's in Jesus. And anybody, now Jesus is the Word, right? So don't, don't separate that. Jesus is the Word. So all the nutrition that we need as believers to grow, we find in Christ. And when people point you elsewhere, they are leading you astray. And so when Oprah gets on TV, And announces to the world that there are many ways to salvation. It's like a wheel 
and here's the spokes, and the spokes are going out, and there's many ways to salvation. She's wrong, and that's heresy. I don't care, and I liked Oprah. I'm not speaking against her, but I'm speaking against what she said. That was wrong. See, there's one way, and Jesus is the way. Now, there's not many, there's not one denomination. You don't have to be assembly of God to make it to heaven. We're probably going to get there first, but no, I'm too. <laughs> are you are you hearing me? No, guys, the Baptists are slaying it. They're getting people saved. The Church of Christ, the Catholics, there's there's God in all of that, and so we're not speaking against that, but we're saying if they point you elsewhere, out from Jesus, if it's not Jesus centered, you're in the wrong church. He says that every believer is going to go through some pruning. Ever, anybody ever felt that? Ooh, that hurt just a little bit, right? Jesus starts pruning some things out of your life. You know, I, I've been saved for 55 years. I know I don't even look 55, do I? <laughs> I've been saved for 55 years and the Lord is still pruning me. A few years ago, the Lord began to deal with me something. I don't even remember really what, but I remember going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I've been doing this for 30 years. Why didn't you talk to me 30 years ago about this habit? And he said, because you couldn't handle it 30 years ago. You know what? God is so patient. He's, he is patient with us. He won't put more on you than you can bear. But he gently nudges us, takes those pruning hooks out, and he begins. So there's two types of believers. There are the fruitful and there's the fruitless. And both will be pruned. The fruitless are taking nourishment away from the fruitful. Now, I'm just talking about the natural. You know, I've never understood... What do you call that when you got a tomato plant and they go out there and pick out the little sucker in them? I never understood that. If you let me do your, my mother one day decided she would help one of our neighbors and she went out and she was going to pull off all the dead um, blooms on her flowers. And the little neighbor, Roberta, uh, she loved us like family. She was like family to us. And she come to me and she said, would you please tell your mother to get away from my plants? She's pulling off all the blooms. <laughs> she thought they had already bloomed, but they were getting ready to bloom, and mom's over there just pulling them off. <laughs> but Jesus, thank God, he'll take his time to cut some things off of your life. And it's always for your blessing. You see, the end result is Romans eight twenty nine. That we would be conformed to the image of the Son of God. You want to want, you want to know what God wants in your life? He wants you to look like Jesus. He wants you to act like Jesus. He doesn't want you to look like me. He doesn't want you to act like, I guarantee you this is true. <laughs> he does not want you to act like Jill. <laughs> he wants you to be like His Son. You know why? His son is perfect in every way. And we are not. But we are growing and we are maturing because of the love of the Father 
who will take something and say, you know that temper? You know that mouth? You know that habit you got? I want to cut that off. So the church sometimes will just preach it as a sin. Well, if you're smoking cigarettes, you're going to go straight to hell. Come on. Bible doesn't say that. Why should I? But I'll guarantee you, if you're a believer and you're still smoking, the Holy Spirit's dealing with you on it. Why? Because it's not good for you. The Holy Spirit deals with me about this. Because this ain't good, right? He doesn't want me eating double cheeseburger. Now, I would eat a double cheeseburger every day of my life. I mean, I just like them, but I don't. Why? Because it's not healthy. So anything that we are, and we, we get into this, right? We, we wind up doing habits that we've been taught that are not good for us or good for the kingdom. And thank God for his mercy that he says, let's, let's get this one out of your life, right? And so what do we do? Sometimes we buck up, right? Sometimes, well, I don't like that. But it's good for us. Producing spiritual fruit. The spiritual fruit that God wants in our life is godly character. Now, Galatians tells us exactly what that is. He says in verse 22 through 26, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. You know, I've said this so many times, I hate to always repeat myself, but fruit is singular. And then he lists nine things. The fruit is love. Now here's the definition of love. I think what the, I think this is what the Bible's saying. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering. I think those are all defined in love. The royal law of God is that we would love each other and we would love God. I'm telling you, if you want to look like Jesus, you've got to walk in love. And part of love is forgiveness. Woo, that hurt. <laughs> Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's a patience. <laughs> Man, half the body of Christ says, don't pray for patience. It, that is so, so short-sighted. The Bible says, in your patience, possess ye your soul. Christians, listen to me. You ought to be praying for patience. You ought to ask the Lord to help you to move more in patience than you've ever been thank you for your enthusiasm (laughs) love joy i'll get through this list i promise love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control oh there's the hard word against such there is no law in other words you can't you cannot do enough of these if you do these you're never going to get a cop pulling you over and giving you a ticket because you've been loving too much. Well, may, that may not. It's according to how you define love, I guess. But. <laughs> he goes on, he says, and those who are Christ. Do I have anybody who are Christ? You've crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. That's the walk of the Christian is to crucify our own passions and our own desires that Jesus desires would come out of us. He says, 
Now, this last verse, if you live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. That's really what John chapter 15 is describing, a life in the spirit of God. I told you that I'm getting ready to start a Holy Spirit series, and I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, and then I open it up by talking about Jesus is the vine. What am I talking about? It is Jesus and the Holy Ghost are one, along with the Father, the Spirit of God. That's what we call Him, the Holy Spirit of God. God is in heaven. Jesus sits at His right hand, and the Holy Spirit is the agent of God on the earth. He is the one that's within you. We say it all the time, Jesus came into my heart. Not really. Jesus is still at the right hand of the Father. It's His Holy Spirit that came into your heart. The Spirit of God, He's within you, trying to do all these wonderful things. So what, what is wrong with me if I am not, if I'm not hooked into the vine, why am I not hooked into the vine? I asked the Lord. He gave me a few things. Matter of fact, let me just back up for a second. I don't think the fruit of the Spirit is complete with all that what God is wanting to do with us. In other words, I think there's more than just these fruit that God God wants you to win souls. says that in the book of Daniel. He that wins souls is wise. He wants us to walk in wisdom. There's more, but if you'll just ask the Lord to... Bring these fruits of the Spirit out. You're going to be a long way in in maturing in Christ. And the last one, I just got to mention it just a little bit. Self-control. You cannot do what you want to do. You cannot say everything that crosses your mind. And live successfully for the Lord. In other words, as believers, you're going to get used to biting your tongue. Matter of fact, here, here's what I try to do, and this, this is probably my biggest challenge. When a thought crosses my mind, I hesitate. I give the Holy Ghost about a second and a half <laughs> to deter me from saying what I'm getting ready to lamb blast you with. And you know what? That sounds ridiculous. You know that's all he needs. You know, in that second and a half, the Holy Ghost will, will speak to you and say, hold your tongue, son. Is, am I alone? Come on, that, doesn't he do that? Doesn't he say, no, no, don't, don't say that. Not the season, not the season to say. You can't imagine everything that the Lord calls in my sermon. I'll be preaching and say, no, don't say that, don't say that. That's a dirt, don't say that. And so I'm constantly trying to find the mind of Christ and deliver the, in the Spirit of the Lord what he wants to talk to you today about. If we're not fruitful, why? Number one, we're probably not teachable. I had a man tell me, he said something and I disagreed with him. He told me real quickly that I wasn't disagreeing with him, I was disagreeing with the Holy Spirit. He shut me down. In other words, he would not even listen to me. Because he was so spiritual, he was walking in the Spirit, and he wouldn't even hear the voice of a pastor that loves him. Folks, that's dangerous. Especially when other people had come to me and said, that ain't right. That, you know, what happened was not right. So I was trying to help him, but he wasn't teachable at the moment. I pray that he will be.
temptation is drawing us away, we all deal with temptation. The cares of this life, the Bible says, chokes off the Word of God. When we get so entangled in this world, the Bible says the cares are... Do we live here? Yes. Do we have to pay our electric bill? Yes. Do we have, do everything everybody else? Yes. But it can't have the center stage of our heart, if that makes sense to you. And the last thing that I really believe the Lord shared with me is there's no fear of God. And those that are not fruitful, they've lost their fear of God. So John Bevere went over to Jim Baker, after Jim Baker, this has been 40 years ago. Jim Baker had a huge ministry and he, he messed up and failed the Lord miserably and a lot, it cost the body of Christ pretty dearly. And so because people get their eyes off of God and put them on men, shame on us. So John Bevere went to Jim Baker and he asked this question. Now listen to me. He said, Jim, he said, when did you quit loving Jesus? You know what Jim said? I never stopped loving Jesus. I love Jesus. Then he said these words. I lost the fear of God. Guys, this is so incredibly important. Last week I spoke to you that God, Jesus says, I have come to convict the world of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. We talked about how God wants us to view ourselves as being righteous. God wants you to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But Jesus wants us to have a holy, reverent fear of God. See, every person in this building, one day, at the end of your life, you will stand before a holy God. And you will give an account of your actions And your words, according to Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. You're going to give an account for your words. That's why I repent so much. (laughs) So again, I want to tell you, this is not a salvation message that he is bringing to the disciples. It's a sanctification. He's Now, salvation happens in a moment. Sanctification happens in a lifetime. Right? Jesus is continually working your salvation in you. Working this sanctification. He says this, be holy as I am holy. Holy means separated. Pull apart, set apart from everything in this world so that you can do the will of God. Be, be holy as I am holy. Without holiness, nobody will see God. That's what his word says. So he says, He goes, I think it's verse 3, he says, I'm not talking about you being pure. You're already pure through the Word. In other words, you're already saved. You've already committed your heart to God. You're pure through the Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, meaning God breathed. (sighs) That's the Word of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. I hope you guys don't see all that just falling out of my mind. I can't hardly talk and look down at the same time. For reproof, for inspiration of God, uh, for instruction in righteousness. And here's the reason. That the man of God may be complete. That you may be mature. 
Some versions would say perfect. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you need to quit looking at me or quit looking at those on the pulpit saying, go get them, tiger. Go do the will of God. No, my job is to equip you through the word of God, through the, the, through the spirit of God, so that you would gain this knowledge so that you can go out wherever you work, wherever you live. Missions doesn't start in Africa. It starts across the street. It starts in your own house. Lead your children to Jesus. So after salvation, he says, abide. Abide in me. The word in the Greek is meno, M-E-N-O. And it means staying in a given place. Or staying in a relationship with expectancy to remain or dwell. How do you abide in Christ? Well, we abide by prayer. We abide by knowing the Word. But that's not the two things. Those are the two things I talk about all the time. Here's what I want to tell you. Abiding in Christ is about, is practicing the presence of God on a daily basis. So we have come together today. Which is what the Lord tells us to do. This is a good thing. This is a godly thing. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. And as we worship, how many of you felt the presence of God? You know you can do that tomorrow by yourself. And that's what I'm talking about. If you are living from Sunday to Sunday, you're starving yourself to death. You're not abiding. The only way that God can take you from point A to point B, point B being the destiny that God has called for you to to walk in, your destiny, not my destiny, your destiny. God's got a plan for you. From point A to point B is allowing and practicing His presence every day of your life. You must get in His presence. You must develop that attitude of prayer and, and just being with Him. And let me, let me just say this. Prayer is not your laundry list to God. That might be part of it, but that's not all of it. So if you go before the Lord and say, God, I'm just mad at my coworker. You need to tell her to shut her mouth. Thank God I've been good talking to you. That's not prayer. You hear me? That ain't prayer. That's just cursing somebody you work with. Prayers to saying, Jesus, I've got a co-worker that's driving me crazy. She's just rubbing me wrong. And I'm going to ask you, Lord, will you change her? Will you begin to work in her life? Now, God, I'm going to give you a moment to talk to me. And he says, oh boy, <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. Yes, I will work on her. But let's talk about you. Quit concerning yourself so much with everybody else mind your own business and decide that you will walk in peace and love with every person that you walk with you know i don't know if you've noticed it or not but some people are difficult to love but you don't get to call them You know what I mean by that. That's an old country term, I guess. 
In other words, you don't say, you know, that woman you gave me, Lord, she's just difficult to love. You know what he's going to say? Love her anyway. Sacrifice. Give your life for her. Hallelujah. That's better preaching than what you deserve today. So what's the end result of this? Answered prayer. Are you hearing me? The end result is going to be in you maturing. But did you hear verse 7? Did you, did you get that in your spirit? He said, if you're in me and my word's in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done. How in the world could God put that in the word of God? I mean, that just doesn't make sense. I, I, I've talked to the Lord a lot about this. God, that's too big of a promise. That's too much, God. You shouldn't say things like that. You're going to have to back it up because you've got to back up that word. Sometimes I step out of my lane. I tell God how to do His business. Bless God. And God very quickly tells me, boy, you settle yourself down, get back over where you're supposed to be. I'm sitting in the big seat. So if God says it, He meant it. I'm telling, I don't, I don't know of a better promise in the Word of God than chapter 15, verse 7. I think I'm right, 7. If you abide in me, that's more than salvation, guys. Are you abiding? Are you dwelling with him? Are you talking and living and living in the moment of serving him? And for most of you in this room, I'd say that's probably yes. So where are we blowing it? It's the second part of that equation. If you... If I abide in you, and my word abides in you. Mm. You know, if I pray for a new Cadillac, I don't have a lot of faith. Because it's not grounded in anything. There's no foundation to that. It's just something I want. And if you're thinking about buying me a Cadillac, make it a Toyota Cadillac, would you? (laughs) I'm just using that as an example. So I'm not asking for that. But we ask for a lot of things that we have no faith on. Does that make sense? There's no... Faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. What is that? Where? Why? What is the foundation of faith? It, it has to be the Word. I can only pray in faith if I have Word on it. Okay. I wasn't going to go here, but we're going to. So Psalms 103, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. That's all I got memorized. We're Psalms 103 quickly. (laughs) Who forgives all of your iniquities. He's telling you, hey, you remember the promises. Remember the things that I told you I will do. And every believer that I know believes in this. He forgives us of our iniquities. You know, there's not one thing that's in the believer's life that that you're going to say, God, I'm just not sure you forgave me for that. No, we've got this one settled. Right? Can you shake your head at least a little bit? We are settled on this 
that this cross, the work that was done on this cross, those last three words that he spoke, it's finished. It, he didn't say it's done. He said the work is finished. And we believe that every sin has been paid for. So we got that part. But that he didn't stop there. He said, remember the benefits of serving me. He says, who forgives all your sins. Where Psalms 103 keeps disappearing on me. And heals all your diseases. Oh man, if we got convinced of him healing us as much as him saving us and forgiving us, our church would be a great church. The body of Christ, the believer of God, would stand on the promises of God when we pray and say, God, I believe that you are the healer. You're Jehovah Rapha. Peter said, by your stripes, we were healed. And you would pray with that fervency. Why? Because it's not a wish. I'm grounded in the Word of God. I'm standing on the foundation. It gets better. (laughs) Who redeems your life from destruction? How long does it take us to screw up our life? Some people make it to a teenager. Other people may actually get into their 20s before they make decisions that really ruin their life. But in today's society, they're doing it seven, eight years old. They're opening the door to the devil at younger ages than they've ever. And the devil is taking advantage of it. And I'm so thankful. You know what redeeming means, don't you? Don't you remember? If you're as old as I am, when mama would get these stamps. And she'd collect these stamps in a book. And she'd take them to the the grocery store. And she'd say, I want to redeem these. These stamps are worthless. But you said it'll buy me a loaf of bread. I want my loaf of bread. She redeemed her stamps. Jesus redeems your stinking life. He's the only one that can take a broken life and put it back together again. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! And we know how to break up our life. I mean, Satan, if you don't do it by yourself, Satan says, let me show you the way. I've got ways that you can't even think of that I want to show you how to destroy your life. And we're like sheep going to the slaughterhouse, following the voice of the devil, which we think is our own voice, just making stupid decision after stupid decision. But God, oh, but God, who is rich in mercy and grace. Folks, I don't know what you've done. I don't know the hell hole that you crawled out of. I chose my words pretty cautiously. But if you think you're a good person, you're so foolish. There are no good people here. There are saved people. That Jesus redeemed us from the curse. So the alcoholic, the drug addict, the prostitute... Whatever you would say, that's the worst in the worst thing in the life. I promise you, there's somebody worse. And God's love goes all the way down to the deepest pit that we can dig for ourselves. And He reaches down 
He says, boy, give me a hand. Just lift that hand. Let me get you out of that pit. Hallelujah. So drug addict, you don't have to be a drug addict any longer. Alcoholic, you don't have to be an alcoholic any longer. Don't, I love, I love AA. I really do. But I just totally disagree with this. I am not going to be an alcoholic forever. Now, because Jesus said I'm a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things are new. I will not see myself in the light of Satan anymore. Hallelujah. I don't know why I'm getting so crazy today. Hallelujah. I say, we don't like it when you preach that way, Pastor. I don't either. It embarrasses me, actually. Oh, where was I? It, it still gets better. He doesn't just redeem your life. Then he says, I'm going to crown your life. Hallelujah. Who wears a crown? Kings wear a crown. Hallelujah. He says, I don't want you just to be a servant. I want to put a crown on your head, son. Woo, you're not getting it, but I do. And I'm going to shout about it. Thank you, Jesus. And then satisfies your mouth. Hallelujah. With good things. Come on. He says, don't forget my benefits. This is his promise. He's the one that said it. I didn't say it. If I said it, I had to back it up. I'm just telling you what he said. He's going to crown your life. He's going to satisfy your mouth. And then if you're as old as I am, you're going to like this one. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Hallelujah. You get to shake off those old dead feathers. You know there's a time in an eagle's life I think they call it molting, where they look like something that ought to be in your freezer, right? They look like they're nearly dead. They they cut off their beak, they nail off their beak somehow against the rock, their feathers fall off, and what's happening is they're being renewed so that in, in a month or so, they're going to look like they did when they were at the prime of their life. That beak is going to come back. Ooh, get out of my way. <laughs> Those feathers are going to come stronger. You, you getting this? And he said he would do it for us. You get that, Carrie? That back problem didn't always had to be a back problem. I'm preaching to myself. I need a touch of God in my back. Yesterday I was walking like an old man. Going through big lots. I was embarrassing. I'm not an old man. Thank you for your enthusiasm, church. (laughs) Well, you know, when you've gone from preaching to meddling, that just hurt a little bit. God wants to remove the forces of Satan in your life. The destructive forces. So that you would walk and be a fruitful vine for the Lord. So that when you pray, it will be effective. She quoted that. The prayer of the righteous man. I'm so glad I shared last week. That God came to convict us of righteousness. 
Because when you get over to James and he says, the prayer of the righteous man availeth much. It accomplishes. It's effective. It doesn't mean it has to be loud. He hears that one word prayer, Jesus. You ever been in your car driving? And all of a sudden you get really close to an accident and you don't have time to say, Jesus, I believe that I'm getting ready to be in a crash. You just got time to say, Jesus, help me. He hears that prayer. Hallelujah. I heard a story one time about a guy that had an awful wreck and he was with his sister and his sister made it out, but he died in the, in the wreck. He went to heaven and that little girl, his sister kept praying for him, praying over a dead body. And Jesus spoke to him and he said, son, I got to send you back. He said, I don't want to go back. He said, but you got to. Because your little sister keeps calling my name. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. If you can't say nothing else, you can say, Jesus, help me. That's a true story, by the way. Abiding in Christ produces fruit. And I believe that fruit is effective prayer. The word abide or ask, rather, is A-I-T-E-O, A-I-T-E-O, and it means adamant in requesting, fully expecting. Let me just end by saying this. I am not here today, nor any other day, to judge you. That is not my job, and it's not yours either. I am to preach the Word to you because the Word corrects you. The Word is instruction and righteousness. I, I don't know about you. I know I've preached like a fool today. It embarrasses me, but I know that God has been speaking to you. I know that some of the words that's come out of my mouth was not Eric's words. They were words from the Holy Ghost to give you a hope. To, give, to let you know, you haven't blown it. I can still redeem you. Hallelujah. God is so good. Asking means adamant in requesting and fully expecting. Do you abide in Him? In other words, are you saved? Have you given your heart to Jesus? I hope that you can say yes. I pray that every person in this building would say absolutely. I have given Him my heart. Then here's... Some very important words. Does his word abide in you? Is it dwelling? Is it resonating? Is it the first place you go to? Are you one that gives up easy? Are you one that's going to fight for it because the word of God said it? I'm going to fight. If the word of God says that Arthur can be healed... And that Ron can be healed. And that Glenn can be healed. And Deb's mom. I don't care who it is. I'm going to... How do you know, Eric? I don't know. All I do is this. If they're drawing breath and if they're able to fog a mirror, I pray for healing. Because God says... Listen, I've been in... Sorry to say motel rooms. That'd be bad. I've been in, I've been in hospital rooms. Where there's been so many tubes hooked up to people that you think there ain't no way this one's coming out of that. 
And it's hard to pray the prayer of faith when you see all these things pumping and doing their work, right? You just got to close your eyes and say, Jesus, I believe in you, not these machines. I believe your word is true. And I've seen them come out of there. Man, we started church with a little couple. I call them a little couple. A husband and wife both was about five foot tall. That might be together. I'm not for sure. No. <laughs> they, were, they were tiny people, but sweet, sweet, sweet. And uh, she had a stroke, didn't she? An aneurysm. And we went down, somebody, I think Dave, Dave, you went with me that day, didn't you? Down to Vanderbilt. And we walked in that room. That's hard. But guess what? God restored that woman. God restored her to health. And she lived another six, seven years after that. And the next time, God had to take her quick. Took her just like that, over almost overnight. You know, sometimes I believe the Lord does that because He knows there's those of us that's going to pray. Lord, if you give me a chance, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for them to come back from that sick state. It's the way the Lord took my mom. One day she's there, one day she's not. I come home from a men's retreat. And they said, we can't find your mom. Somebody had dropped me off the house. I didn't have a vehicle there. I'm standing out in the driveway. And the Lord said, spoke this word to me so clearly. He said, your mom is with me. I just began to dance before the Lord. It was the worst day of my life. But I was full of joy. Because I knew where she was at. Folks, the Bible talks about those of us, those people that die that don't know the Lord. They are, the people that love them are, are, are going to be filled with grief. But those of us that we lose somebody that we know that they have all the evidence of being a believer, we're going to be sorry, yes, we're going to miss that person, but we are not people like the world that grieves without hope. We have hope. It's not see you, I'm never going to see you again. It's, hey, in a little while. I'll see you again. In just a little while, we'll be back in company together. Because I'm determined, folks. I am determined, determined, determined. It's not because I'm a preacher. It's just because of who I am. I am determined that one day I will go to heaven. Nothing is going to deter me. And that's the decision I want you to make today. I want you to be so blasted determined that I'm going to go to heaven. How do you do that, Pastor? By making sure that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your heart. That's it. And then abiding with Him. Would you stand with me? Treva, would you sing that song we sang last night, The Goodness of God? (coughs) If you do not know that you know that you know that you know that you are born again, I'd like for you just to step out of your chair. Step out of your seat and come down here and stand in front of me and we're going to pray for you to receive Christ today. See, the Bible talks about you, you've got to have some courage. See, if, if, you can't, if you can't tell people in this church that I want to give my heart to Jesus, you're going to have a hard time living for God. Because this church is going to rejoice with anybody that would walk down here and say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my heart today. 
I mean, this church will get happy about it, but all of heaven's going to rejoice when you give your heart to Jesus. So if you're here, make your way down here. But as I shared with you at the very beginning, this was not a salvation message. It wasn't a salvation message when Jesus shared it with his disciples, and it's not a salvation message when I shared it with you. It is a message, simple as I can put it. Will you keep on keeping on? Come on, you've got to answer that. See, I, I just told you, it's not my job to judge you, but it's your job to judge you. You need to examine your heart and make sure that you're in right relationship with Christ. And if you're not, make your way down here because we'd like to pray for you. With every head bowed. Let's sing this song. If you want us to pray, you come down. Oh, my life, you have been faithful. Yes, he has. And all my life, you have been so, so good. Yeah. Every breath that I'm able. Hallelujah. I will sing. Oh, yes, I will. Hallelujah. Come on, church, let's sing it. All my life you have been faithful and I worship you. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I have able, I will sing oh, yes. of the goodness of Just tell the Lord, thank you. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of God. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, that you honor your word, that you watch over your word to perform it. God, we we believe in the word of God. We rest our case in the word of God. We build our lives in the word of God, on the foundation of the word of God. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have the right and the ability to abide in Christ so that the nourishment of heaven can flow down through our spirit into our bodies and souls. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, for words of life. Words that will change us into the image of Christ. So that we can begin to look more than ever before like your son. God, I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God has dealt with each and every one of us to be mature in you. Father, I ask that you would heal the brokenness of the past. 
I pray right now for those that's under the sound of my voice that's walking in unforgiveness towards someone. God, that they would be willing to allow you to work in their life to forgive that person. God, I know there's deep hurts. But Lord, it's time that we quit allowing those hurts to rule our life. So we choose to forgive. But we may need a little help with this one. So will you come alongside and give us the strength and the ability to forgive those who have deeply wounded us? Father, I thank you for your word. God, restore us to full health. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Denny, would you come? End with a blessing. Just a few quick announcements before we close. Uh, if you're part of the safety and security team, or if you want to be part, uh, Tony and them are having a meeting real quick right after service in the fellowship hall. So uh, know that. Uh, don't forget also, uh, Helping Hand is the 19th, our day. Uh, this week, uh, if you want to give towards Tanzania, uh, do so this week. If you're going to do it in the box in the back, put it in an envelope and write Tanzania on it. Uh, if you can do it online, there's a spot for it. Uh, if if you love hearing about Tanzania and you want to go, Dustin and Christy are going three times this year. So if you would like to go with them, you can talk to Dale because he's going with them too. So uh, if you want, yeah, I tell you, it's a life-changing experience because I've been through it. So uh, do that. And then I thought there was another. Oh, uh, the men's breakfast is this coming Saturday, right? And finally, if you uh, the giving records are are ready for last year, if we gave last year your giving record for your taxes and stuff, uh, they are completed. If you didn't get one this morning, then that means that uh, Pat has dropped the ball back there. So uh, catch her on your way out and grab your giving record so you can see how you gave last year. And uh, yes. We have church shirts in the back if anybody's interested as well. Uh, so you can, uh, as you're going to Helping Hand, you can represent and wear our shirt. Right. Ah, there you go. Yes. This Friday is prayer at the fountain. Prayer at the fountain this Friday uh, downtown. Uh, don't forget that as well. Raise your hand and receive the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you and may He keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord live His countenance upon you and give you peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Go in peace and serve the Lord.